You know how everyone's afraid of public speaking, right? Um, it would be a lot easier if we had had bad speakers before me. That would put me at a great deal more ease. Uh, another round of applause, please, for these fantastic student speakers. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, honored guests, esteemed colleagues, good morning. Thank you, Kate, for that lovely introduction. I cannot express to you how surprised I am to find myself in front of you this morning. Thank you to the class of 2022 for inviting me to speak. Obviously, there's been some kind of mistake. I have a very troubled history with public speaking. But when Emma, Monique, and Kate offer the opportunity to speak, how can you refuse? There was the time in 11th grade when I was speaking in front of hundreds at a debate competition. We were debating the promise and perils of genetic engineering. And I meant to say organism. <laughs> but instead said something so very wrong. <laughs> Twice. F. Only a year later, my classmates nominated me to give the valedictory address, perhaps hoping for a repeat of that chaotic performance. They got it. My failure then may have had something to do with the lack of preparation I had allowed my speech. That is to say, I didn't write one. Since I thought that I had reached peak cool in my senior year, my preparation consisted of a few ideas, quite literally scribbled on the back of an envelope. I was counting on inspiration to carry me through. From what I can recall, the ceremony passed by in a blur, with my panic growing minute by minute. My predicament started to dawn on me more fully as I realized what a huge mistake I had made. Everyone was expecting a speech, and I did not have one. It was my little secret, my little surprise that I was about to spring on the audience. And when the time came for me to speak, they were surprised all right. One of the few things that I had scribbled on that envelope was something about acne as an allegory for high school. It was a weak idea, but I couldn't read the other scribbles. And it was really hard to think on my feet in front of all those people. So I went with it. Back then, audiences were not yet ready for such bold, forward-thinking ideas. <laughs> Frankly, I do blame the audience. <laughs> when I had finally stumbled through my seven minutes in impromptu speaking hell, working my way through a lot of tortured, acne-related metaphors, 
There was a shocked silence, followed by scattered, confused applause. The summer 1982 school newsletter tried to make the best of it, observing Tom Thorne gave a commendably brief graduation address. <laughs> Ten years later, it happened again, this time in front of a professional gathering for language teachers. I thought that it had gone pretty well until the headmaster called me into his office a couple of days later to ask me why I would compare a certain method of language teaching to doing laundry in the nude. <laughs> Looking back, that was a fair question to ask. <laughs> but who knows how these things happen, really? I suspect it has to do with speaking without a script. So I have to warn you that if my notes get out of order and I start improvising, we're all in for a wild ride. <laughs> all across our great land this weekend and next, speakers like me, will be telling high school seniors, like you, to make their dreams come true, to seize the day, to follow their passions, and to be their authentic selves. Speakers will mention Elon Musk, Kylie Jenner, Vladimir Putin, and Bill Gates, and point out how they broke the mold thought outside of the box, and blah, blah, blah. This isn't that kind of speech. I don't know how to make that kind of speech. None of that advice ever made any sense to me at all when I heard it at my own graduation many years ago, or at the many graduations I've attended since. It must make some sort of sense to the speakers, but I don't really recommend patterning your life after billionaires celebrities, or dictators. Additionally, your parents didn't spend all this money so that you could drop out of college like Kylie or Bill, or invade another country like Vladimir. <laughs> Obviously, I cannot absolutely promise that Alex Gound won't invade another country. <laughs> now, my advice is simple. Stay connected to the people sitting with you right now. A couple of weeks ago, one of you stood up and asked the Board of Regents what this place is actually about. I've tried to learn the name of the person who asked that question. Apparently, no one but me was paying attention. But here's the real answer. Mercersburg is a place that makes an exceptionally big deal about connecting you to each other and to adults. People who can befriend, support, and mentor you so that you can return the favor. It's a deceptively simple but powerful idea. The people around you, every one of them, have something to teach if you're wise enough to ask and observe. We cannot all be gifted musicians like Michael Maurer, be scholar athletes like Jade, squash like Sam, or manage like Drew and Izzy. Great job in the yearbook. Chances are you don't have a smile as good as Sloan's, 
most of us will never be as funny as Julia and Bube, as outgoing as Jack, as patient and bright as Maddie or Ariana, nor as charming as Susan. And none of us will be the complete package like Ben Ryan. But consider this, if you really want to be more successful and focused like Eric Liu, watch what he does. Declan wasn't always a great tennis player and ace Latin translator. You can ask advice from him and he will give it freely, I guarantee. How does a mathlete like Kyle ball so hard? <laughs> Good news, you know him and can ask and find out. Stay connected and reach out to the people you haven't heard from lately. Indeed, the Mercersburg campus itself has something to teach you about connections. Picture this. You're in the middle of a blizzard. You see a shape in the distance, struggling up the hill to the entrance to Irvin Hall. He has his hands in his pockets. As you get closer, you can see that despite the driving wind and snow, he's wearing shorts and a polo shirt. For you guys on the outside, that was Conrad. I love living in a place where I can recognize people from a distance and even tell how they're feeling from across the campus. If I see CJ sauntering towards Bergen, things are normal. If he's looking down at the sidewalk, the day hasn't gone too well. If his goatee is missing, he's lost an argument with the teacher. <laughs> it's why alumni return constantly to the very same place that you are eager to leave right now. Why they freely offer so much of their time and money to keep Mercersburg a great place to learn and to work. They come back to experience a place where you know most of the people and recognize all of them. A place with a common purpose, where civility is assumed and appreciated, where people look out for one another. Alumni return to recall how it was once upon a time to live in a close-knit community. This is a place that emphasizes connectedness, where you can have an argument with your Chinese roommate and Nigerian neighbor about whose turn it is to pay for dinner at the Mexican place downtown. <laughs> 10 years from now, you'll be in each other's weddings. Close connections with your teachers and coaches are something you should think about as well. You know, some years ago, a head of school told me that he looked forward to every day at work with excitement. And he hoped that I did too. I nodded and smiled while I thought to myself, what a ridiculous standard that is for an employee. In reality, I've gone to work over 7,000 times in my adult life, and I can honestly say I've never looked forward to a single day of it. 
I like being at home with the lovely Mrs. Thorne and our psychotic dog, Vera. But when I arrive at work here, that all changes. My connections to colleagues and students make the difference. On your worst days, you're still funny and interesting. And on your best days, you're brilliant, caring, and fully engaged. It's because of you that virtually every time I arrive at work, I end up having a good day. As you grow older and think back on all the times you knocked on our doors at 11 p.m. to ask for butter for your mac and cheese, cried to us over disappointments, laughed with us in class, exulted with us in victory, struggled with us at help sessions, those connections all meant something to us as well as to you. We remember those events and we remember our past students for a simple reason. Your teachers grow to love you. And when you disappear after graduation, we sometimes have to wait years to find out how your story comes out. So stay connected with us too. Since Avo has requested that I talk about COVID, I will indulge you. Even the pandemic proved unable to break these connections that we share. Every morning during that bleak stretch of remote learning, I groaned, pried open my trusty laptop, and was cheered to find Peyton's smiling face to greet me on Google Meet. We all learned what each other's rooms look like, and that Kenneth prefers to do online learning from his bed. We learned that Harriet has terrible Wi-Fi, you learned what your teacher's cats look like. But here's the important thing. While many other schools were dealing with students who didn't log in at all, or chose not to turn their cameras on, you all pitched in to make the experience as normal and productive as possible. And we made it through just fine. It was a hard, strange time. But now, you're entitled to lecture your future children and grandchildren about the great pandemic and how you made it through. <laughs> now we've all seen movies about what prep schools are supposed to be like. Precocious blonde children in blue blazers named Remington or Trip, <laughs> learning how to yacht, play polo, sell short, or some nonsense while they pick at the fancy food in their dark paneled dining hall. Exactly how does Will Sikorsky fit into this scenario? <laughs> I've never seen anyone like Falake in those movies, or like Jake or Sarah Grady. Why isn't Harper a better polo player? Should Charlton major in yachting? Then again, these fictional prep schools are full of scheming teachers with unaccountably British accents, you know, like Mrs. Valentine and Mr. Gray. I hope that you remember us as we are instead, a closely connected community that wishes you well. I could go on and talk about the disastrous wedding toasts that I made at my daughter's weddings, 
But experience tells me that 16 minutes is pushing everyone's attention span in these chairs. Our time together is coming to an end. There are hands to be shaken, hugs to be exchanged, and maybe even a few tears to be shed. I realize that the fate of every speech is to be forgotten immediately afterwards. And I certainly have no clear recollection of what I said 40 years ago at my own commencement ceremony. But I haven't forgotten the people that were there with me. And we won't forget you. Stay connected, come back to see us, and Godspeed. <laughs>